Welcome to Live Truth Podcast, a podcast geared towards helping women to know Jesus, love Jesus, and live truth boldly, which should in turn cause us to glorify God with our lives, think biblically, and be compelled to make disciples. Hello, 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 and welcome back to Live Truth Podcast, and welcome to new listeners. Thank y'all so much for joining me. I'm your host, Katrika. I hope y'all are having a wonderful day so far. Or if you're just now listening to this, we'll have a wonderful day. I'm so excited to um, drop this episode. This was such a blessing. This episode was such a blessing. I had the pleasure of interviewing Doreen Virtue, as you probably see in the show notes. She is a former best-selling New Age author who is now a believer in Jesus Christ. And Doreen is so precious and she truly has a heart to see others come out of the New Age deception and into the light of Christ. She also has a book out, Deceive No more that we discussed in the episode. So I pray this episode blesses you and brings glory to the Lord. Here is the conversation between Doreen and I. All right. Thank you, Doreen, so much for coming on and joining me today. It's an honor to be with you. Thank you for having me on. My pleasure. So we'll get started by asking you um, to tell us a little bit about yourself and what brought you into the new age movement and your process of coming out of the new age movement. Oh, well, it's all glory to God that I'm here today as a born-again Christian. Um, I didn't have anything to do with it. If you'd asked me 10 years ago if I'd be a born-again Christian, I would have laughed, actually. So it's all it's all God's grace and mercy. Um, I was raised in a heretical religion called Christian science. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not Scientology. It's this old religion that believes you don't go to doctors. Mm-hmm. It believes that Jesus was just a man and... I can't even say that. It's so heretical that that Jesus was a role model to teach us how to heal ourselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like um, if you have enough faith and you say these formula prayers that are loosely from the Bible, that you will guaranteed to be healed. Mm-hmm. And it's always God's will for you to be healed. And and we went to church twice a week. Um, I had a King James Bible since I was a little kid, and with it assigned Bible readings that were always out of context and just cherry picked. Mm-hmm. And and we were told to ignore the parts of the Bible that were considered, quote, negative, like the crucifixion and Genesis 3. Wow. And I know it was horrible, but we were told we were Christians. And I was so confused because I thought I was a Christian. I thought that other Christians who were born again, evangelicals, mm-hmm. that they were fear-based, guilt-based, that they were asleep, and that I was more enlightened than them. And so um, I... You know, I grew up into an adult, got um, two degrees from Chapman University in, in psychology, a BA and MA, and I started to write psychology books with Christian science theology woven in. Yeah. And, and, and so it's, it's one of those theologies that feel good to hear. It's kind of like, you know, the prosperity gospel. It makes you feel good. It's the itching ears get tickled. And so people started to really love my books and they'd come to my workshops and and I just kept working and writing and, and the work, by the time I was saved, it was, this is God's genius. I was at the pinnacle of my career. I was the top selling new age author in the whole world. I had over wow. seven, 70 books and products. And I was, um, my husband and I were being flown around the world, like rock stars, you know, first class, everything. Uh, sold out audiences, making tons of money, but spending tons of money on vacations and designer clothes. And, you know, just, it was just a rock star lifestyle. 
not not drugs, you know, but but it was um, it was like that. And and so how did I get out of it? Um, I it, it was interesting. I was a student of world religions. I had this belief like those co-create or coexist bumper stickers. Mm-hmm. I thought all paths led to God. I didn't know John 14, 6, that Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through me. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have believed it back then. I thought all religions are talking to the same God. And so I used to study all the different religions, including Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I would listen to Christian radio, solid Christian radio, not your Joel Osteen stuff. I was listening to, you know, like Pastor uh, Alistair Begg and Chuck oh, Smith oh. from Calvary Chapel. And yeah, solid stuff. But then I, the next day I would listen to a, a Hindu teacher and then I'd listen to a shaman. And, I, and, and so I thought they were all the same. But in January 2015, I was listening to Pastor Begg, uh, Alistair Begg of Truth for Life, and he was doing an expository sermon on 2 Timothy 4, Mm -hmm. um, that at the end times, people will want their itching ears tickled by false teachers. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, he he started to describe what a false teacher was, and it was like he was describing me. And it was the first time that the Holy Spirit really, or I, I had such a hard heart, I was really you know, just stony heart. But I got convicted for the first time, January, 2015. Man. And I, uh, that was while driving the car, listening to Christian Satellite Network. And and I went home and I said to Michael, let's start going to church, not a new age church like we'd been going to, but I want to go to a real church. And he's like, okay. Yes, he, was ra- <laughs> he, was ra- he was raised Methodist. So he was like, okay. Uh-huh. So we, we started to try and find, we didn't know anything about denominations. Mm-hmm. So we're just like, we started a Pentecostal church and then we ended up at an Episcopalian church because the people were super nice. And that was our litmus test. Mm-hmm. I mean, Episcopalians have a well-deserved reputation for hospitality. They are so, ni- so nice, but, yeah. but they don't teach the Bible like solid. It's you know, like Catholicism the way it was. Yeah, it is. It's very workspace. There's, mm-hmm. there's, there's saints involved. Mm-hmm. You know, and so, it, yeah, but the more we, so my husband and I started studying the Bible while we were there on our own. And the more we read the Bible, the more we're saying, wait a minute, this is different than they're teaching us at Episcopalian church and, mm-hmm. and such. So, so then we became Baptists um, about 2017 and uh, we've been studying the Bible ever since. I got saved late 2017 um, after I finally realized that I was a sinner by reading the Bible um, Deuteronomy 18, 10 through 12 specifically called out everything I was doing in the new age and told me that I was an abomination to God, where before that I would have told you I was helping God. It's so stupid, but that's how they think in the new age, that if it makes people happy, then it must be from God. Mm-hmm. If it works, it must be from God. That's how I used to think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I didn't compare things to scripture like I do now. So I, I got on my knees after reading Deuteronomy 18 and I just... I just completely, I was broken and uh, repentant and contrite and gave my life to Jesus. And, you know, it took a while. My theology was still very messed up for a while. Um, I was going to, the, my, the priest of um, the Episcopalian church sent me to what's called a spiritual director, which is supposed to be like a counselor. And it was a female priest. And she told me that it was okay to keep my crystals and tarot cards because you do you, that was me. Um, and she pointed to the crystals on her shelf. And, and so I was really confused in the beginning. I was blending new age with Christianity. It took me 
a while, you know, going to the Baptist church is what really broke me of all that. And, and I finally just threw away all my new age stuff and praise the Lord. Here I am. I went to a seminary because I knew the Bible, but I knew it wrong. So right. I had to go to seminary to learn how to rightly divide the word. And, um, and now what I do is I just call out new age deception and I help people who, who write to me, um, give them suggestions of churches that are solid and point them to the Bible, et cetera. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. That's a beautiful yeah. testimony. Oh, it's, <laughs> it's all God. <laughs> amen. 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 And, and just how you, you know, you, you pursued seminary to uproot a lot of that, well, all of the false teaching, you know? So yeah. let's talk about that. Talk about some of the different practices that you were doing in the new age. Oh, it was really heretical. So um, the new age believes that angels mm-hmm. are not like biblically in the, in the Bible, as we know, there's lots of angels, but when people meet an angel in the Bible, they're terrified, right? Mm-hmm. Where in the new age, we saw them more like a Hallmark card, you know, like a Valentine card. Like they were just these sweet little things that you could call on for favors, mm-hmm. like little genies mm-hmm. and uh, Santa Claus. And so I was teaching and and practicing what we called angel therapy, where you would call on an angel to get whatever you wanted. And the thing was, sometimes things would happen that were like, it was like your wish got granted. Mm-hmm. And and so we know that's the demon. Second Corinthians 11, 14 tells us that, that the devil masquerades as an angel of light. And that's what was happening to me and, and the people I was with. Mm-hmm. So we were worshiping angels and... Um, we know from the Bible, particularly in Revelation, when John fell down at the knees of the angel um, and the angel said, do not worship me. I'm a created being like you. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I truly repent for leading, misleading people because I was deceived. Right. Amen. Well, regarding some of the other practices, what would you tell someone if they're dabbling with crystals? Yeah. Well, see, this is interesting because crystals are in the Bible. And God, God clearly made them. So there's two ways to look at crystals. They're, they're in the Bible from Genesis all the way to Revelation. Mm -hmm. So, so how do you deal with that? Well, first of all, in Romans one, Paul talks about people worshiping the creation instead of the creator. Mm -hmm. So we have to make sure that we don't make crystals into idols. Um, If we see the crystals as having special healing powers apart from God, we've made the crystal into an idol and that is sinful. That's a violation of uh, the second commandment that shall have no idols. And, 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 and nothing has power apart from God. Mm-hmm. A lot of new agers will worship the stars. They'll pray to the universe. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of new agers are um, people who've fallen away from Christianity and Catholicism, mm-hmm. and they don't want to hear any kind of wording that reminds them of the church. Um, because they saw hypocrisy or they were called out for their sin or they were some way they think they were hurt at church. Mm -hmm. And so they don't want to talk about God. They'll talk about the universe. They don't want to talk about Jesus. They call him Sananda or Yeshua. And they think he's an ascended master who's the same as Krishna, Buddha, and all the other members of different religions. And Again, they see Jesus as, as like Santa Claus to grant your wishes. This is a false Christ, clearly. Jesus himself warned about false Christ. And, and Satan will try to 
mimic the miracles of God. I mean, we see this in Exodus and the sorcerers, uh, the the Pharaoh's sorcerers, right? He he can mimic somewhat the plagues of um, Egypt. Mm -hmm. And so Satan can appear to grant your wishes, but it's all to hook people in. And that's what had happened to me and a lot of the people I was around. Wow. Yeah. That reminds me of scripture in Thessalonians that says, I think uh, we need to be aware of that. And in the last days, um, the, the, um, the signs and wonders that, that will Satan will, will do. So that's yeah, right. that's true. What about um, sage since sage is in the Bible, yeah. you know, um, how do we address that with the, with the good energy that it, it brings? Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? In New Agers, they have their own lingo, their own jargon, and it's all usually centered around energy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people in the New Age will burn sage to try to cast away negative energy. Mm-hmm. Now, let's back up. The New Age appropriates all the different cultures and religions. Mm-hmm. And it's we used to call it a spiritual buffet. We bragged about it in the New Age. A little of this, a little of that. So, so uh, Native American spirituality is how sage burning got popularized. So people will get offended and call me racist if I call out sage burning. Mm-hmm. But it has nothing to do with being racist. It's about that sage is something God made. Mm-hmm. And again, it, are you using it as an idol? I, I, I've always liked sage on our turkey that we eat, you know, Thanksgiving. <laughs> it's a good herb, right? Right. Put it in the stuffing. But um, if you if you think that it has power apart from God to cast out the negative energy, that's idolatry. And then people will say, but there's scientific studies that show that particles of incense and incense is used in in this the synagogues and in the um, in the tabernacle in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, but that's God's commandment. Did mm-hmm. God command you to use sage? Mm-hmm. No. We have we have Jesus promising believers, I am with you always. Amen. We have Jesus casting out demons in all the gospels. He empowered the disciples. He didn't empower us. And we have to, the Bible gave us the parameters for casting out demons. It's by calling on Jesus. It's by putting on the armor of God, as Ephesians tells us. It's not by burning some dried weed. That's right. right. Yeah. And it's not to put down Native Americans at all. It's just that as Christians, we are Bible believing and we need to adhere to the commandments of God. Amen. Because he is our Prince of Peace. <laughs> Amen. Yes. Um, and so what about believers that read their horoscopes every day? Oh, boy, please stop. It's not harmless. Um, astrology is denounced in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, and people will say, but the Magi were astrologers. No, it doesn't say that. It says that they were magicians from the East. Mm-hmm. And and even if they were astrologers, it's never lauded. It's never said that that's okay. We see that a couple of places in Daniel, we see that the astrologers were not able to crack the code on Nebuchadnezzar's dream, were they? Only Daniel, the righteous man, and of course, he was a sinner. Only Jesus was righteous. But only Daniel, who listened to God, was able to um, understand and tell Nebuchadnezzar what his dream was. So the astrologers were, you know, kind of impotent. And we also see that um, astrologers and sorcerers will be cast into the lake of fire. So it is something that's very sinful. People 
who are dabbling with trying to predict or control their future through astrology are playing with fire. You don't need to predict or control your future. You need to rest on the fact that God is sovereign. God's in charge. Romans 8.28, lean on that, that God uses all things for good for those who are called according to his purpose. So we don't, it's scary. This world is super scary. It's always been scary. I'm 63 years old. I've been reading the newspaper since I was 13, 50 years. I want to say to anyone who's young, there's always been crises in, in the news. 50 years I've been reading the news. Always a crisis. You think you're going to get a break? Here comes the next crisis. It's scary world. But use those scary world um, fears to lean on Jesus, to get closer to God, not to try to take things in your own hand. Amen. Amen, Doreen. That is a, amen. That is awesome. And so encouraging. Um, what about, um, what was I going to say? Yoga, Christian oh, yoga. Yeah. Christian yoga is an oxymoron, meaning the two words don't go. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the equivalent of if you took a Ouija board and you put Bible verses on it and tried to call it holy Ouija or Christian Ouija, mm-hmm. people would laugh at that. And it's the same thing. Yoga in the ancient Eastern Na- uh, language called Sanskrit. Yoga means yoke. Mm-hmm. And and we know in the Bible, we're not supposed to be unequally yoked. And we know in the Bible from Ephesians 5.11, have nothing to do with darkness, but instead expose it. The yoga is, is, is a Hindu practice. And mm-hmm. people will say, oh, you're being racist. Hinduism, Hindu people are nice. Okay, this has nothing to do with Hindu people. It has to do with the religion. People will say, well, the Vedas of Hindu are older than the Bible. It has nothing to do with that. Abraham, our patriarch, was called out of paganism. Mm-hmm. Paganism was before monotheism. Yes, it's older, but that doesn't mean that it's godly. Mm-hmm. You know, God called Abraham out of Ur, out of out of Canaan, and mm-hmm. and and made him to be the patriarch of monotheism. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can see, I, I get really mad because I did yoga for twenty years. Mm-hmm. I would not set foot on a yoga mat today because every pose is, and this is something people can check out through Yoga Journal. Mm-hmm. Um, every pose of, of yoga is designed to glorify a different Hindu god, goddess, or demon. There's 330 million deities in Hinduism, 330 million. And these, they're probably real. They, mm-hmm. they seem to have power. I used to pray to them when I was a new ager before I was saved. But we are called as Christians, it says, what is our purpose to glorify God and enjoy him forever? That's our purpose. Mm. How is doing a bend to a pagan deity glorifying our God? It's not. Mm. So if people don't believe that, I, I'll get letters. People say, you don't know what you're talking about. Well, I do. I did it for 20 years. Every yoga session has what's called the sun salutation series, mm. which is a series of bends. And it's not just stretching, it's purposeful. There's three poses in the Sun Salutation series that are called Warrior One, Two, and Three. Warrior One, Warrior Two, Warrior Three, where your arms are straight out. It's not just stretching that's natural. This is real precise. You've got to have them out. Mm-hmm. Warrior One, Two, and Three. In Sanskrit, which every yoga pose has a Sanskrit name, mm-hmm. it's called Virabhadrasana. Asana means pose. Virabhadras is the pose. So it's Asana is the pose to Virabhadras. Who's Virabhadras? Oh, look, he's a murderer. Mm-hmm. There's a story of him that he's he's got all these arms, he's got knives, he's a murderer. And you're acting out a murder scene with Virabhadrasana, warrior one, two, and three. How is that glorifying our one true God? And then people will still say, well, 
the Paul said meat could be redeemed. So yoga can be redeemed. Well, Paul also said that don't, don't eat the meat if it's going to cause your brother to stumble. Remember he said that? He mm -hmm. said, don't eat or drink if, the, if someone's going to see you and it's going to cause him to stumble. Mm -hmm. Christians going to yoga, whether it's so-called holy yoga, so-called Christian yoga or secular yoga, causes people to stumble. Because they see you doing the yoga pose, they know you're a Christian, a believer, and they're like, oh, it must be okay. And they don't have the discernment if they've not studied the Bible. And so maybe they go to a holy yoga class once, but then the next one, they might go to a secular yoga studio, where that's how I got introduced to polytheism with all the different deity statues there and the Om symbol, which is supposedly the sound of the universe. And they say namaste at the end, which is Sanskrit for the blasphemous saying of the God within you recognizes and honors the God within me. If you do yoga, Christian brother or sister, you could cause someone to stumble who's just now being called by Jesus or who's a new believer. Mm -hmm. You don't want to do that. It's not worth it. You can stretch at home. Mm -hmm. I've There's a woman on YouTube who's got free videos called Non-Yoga Stretches. She's a former holy yoga teacher until the Holy Spirit convicted her. Amen. Her name's Amen. right. Praise the Lord. And she's her name is Caitlin Engelbert, just beautiful, beautiful sister inside and out. And she's got free videos. So you, I stretch. I stretch every night. you got to stretch. You know, I mean, Amen. I think God set it up that way. But don't do yoga poses. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that thorough explanation. I did not know all of that. Wow. Yeah, it's scary. It's scary. The more you get into yoga, the more you're like, ah. And so, well, I'm going to ask these two questions first before I get into that. What what about uh, zodiac signs and enneagram numbers? Yeah. Should okay. Yeah. So so that's really interesting. Um, again, I'm going to ask someone the the question: Once we're born again, what is our identity? Amen. We're children of God, right? Mm -hmm. You're a daughter of God. I'm a daughter of God. We're sisters in Christ. That's our identity. But zodiac signs and the enneagram want to make our identity something else, don't they? They want to say that you're a Sagittarius and I'm a Taurus. Yeah. The Enneagram wants to say that you're an eight and I'm a nine and we've got a two wing. So first of all, that's messed up, right? <laughs> that's not our identity. <laughs> Second of all, those two things, who do they point to? Do they point to Jesus, our savior, who graciously died on the cross, suffered for us? Do mm -hmm. they point to Jesus? No. Mm -hmm. They point to who? Us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They point to us. And so they, they take our eye off of the cross. They take our eye off of the gospel and they put it on us. So, and, they, and then if you look into it, the Enneagram is really messed up. Um, I've got videos of this to prove this. I don't say anything without having proof. The man who made the nine Enneatypes, Claudia Naranjo, mm -hmm. publicly admits, even brags, that he got that information through a process that's a cult called automatic writing. Oh, wow. And automatic, yeah, right? That's channeling. Mm -hmm. I used to do automatic writing when I was a new ager. That's how I wrote so many books. You go into a trance and you just receive and you think it's all God, you know, it's all oneness. So I got all these messages that I put into books that I wish everyone would burn and never buy these books again. People are still selling them, some books. Um, but that's another story. But Claudia Naranjo got these nine enneotypes through that same process of channeling unclean spirits. Wow. So why are the why is the enneagram in any church? It right. needs it needs to not be in churches. 
Right. Amen. And I didn't know that. Would, would that be the same as like taking a personality test, like some jobs give personality tests? It's the same thing. Well, it depends on the personality test. Um, mm-hmm. There's one called the Myers-Briggs, which also has an occult background uh, mm-hmm. rooted in um, Carl Jung. Mm-hmm. He, he was an occultist. He was a spiritist. Uh, it's interesting. Myers-Briggs was made by a woman. And I, this is nothing against farmers because, you know, farmers, we need them. But she, she's not a scientist. She's not a psychiatrist or psychologist. It was a woman who she was interested in Carl Jung through her daughter and daughter, daughter-in-law. Um, she was trying to interpret her marriage. And so she came up with the Myers-Briggs like that way. So Myers-Briggs is not a scientific study that we can lean on. Like a Stanford university has a personality test that's real solid called Stanford Binet personality test. So that would be, but again, you want to watch out for idolatry or seeing your identity because people will do that with Myers-Briggs. They'll say, oh, I'm an extrovert. I'm an introvert. I'm this, I'm egalitarian. If you're born again, you've got one identity and you don't need anything else. Amen. That's true. I'm, and I'm guilty of saying it. I'm an introvert. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's putting that focus on self. We've got to keep our eye on Jesus, don't we? Amen. 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 So regarding the, the law, regarding law of attraction. Oh, um, yeah. That. Yeah. So law of attraction is grounded and rooted in ancient Egyptian herme- hermeneutics, mm-hmm. which is Gnosticism, which is, it's basically Satanism. Uh And, and so it's this, it's witchcraft. It's this belief that you can name it and claim it that you, whatever you think you're going to attract. And if you're negative, you're going to attract negative experiences. If you're positive, you're going to attract positive experiences. I was so into that. Like my whole life, I was into that. Mm -hmm. And, and the thing is, it kind of works. So you get that reinforced, Mm -hmm. but again, it's witchcraft because you're taking credit as the creator when who's the creator? God, Mm -hmm. you know, what cured me of the law of attraction was reading the book of Job, especially the end part when God's speaking to Job. And he says, in essence, where were you when I created the oceans? Where were you? Right? I know. (laughs) Where were you when I created the stars? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Oh, snap. Okay, humbled. I needed that. And, and so yeah, we, we're not creators, we didn't speak the word and create the universe like God did. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's good to be positive. Mm-hmm. It's that's you know, that's common sense, but law of attraction and witchcraft take that to the nth degree to the point where you are so phobic of anything negative that that in itself is negative. Mm. Wow. Be so- careful of law of attraction. It's not worth it. There's a woman on YouTube who tries to say Habakkuk two mm-hmm. is saying you can have a vision board. That's garbage. That's not what it's about. Habakkuk's yeah. one of the prophets <laughs> telling people to repent and, and there's people who twist Jesus's words, you know, knock and the door shall be open. That's about our, that's about our heart. That's about our spirit, our soul. That's not about quote manifesting money. Like people try to make it about, which, you know, G- Jesus said, store up your treasures in heaven where the moths cannot eat them, where they cannot rust or be stolen. He would have never taught us to manifest money. Amen. Amen. But so, he did say, he did say needs will be met, you know, just to right. trust like the, the sermon on the Mount trust. Mm-hmm. Amen. With, with all of this, with new age, law of attraction, sage crystals, could any of this have an effect on our homes? Yeah. 
Yeah. And I also want to mention essential oils in there. And I, I, people uh -huh. hate me when I talk about that, but I have to. Okay. So oils also are in the Bible. Mm -hmm. And God made clearly the plants and the flowers that are that were distilled oils in the Bible, not essential oils. But we have to be careful of some of the new age companies, particularly Young Living, which pretends to be Christian. They put out actually a, a set of oils with gold metallic called oils of the Bible. And then they, in the next step, they say, oh, what oil goes with your astrological sign? And, and they talk about your vibrations and just they they sell a little bottle of oil for $50 called abundance that they promise if you use the scent of it in their just their atomizer that you will attract financial abundance which is witchcraft so be careful of oils that you don't make them idols that you don't see them as having special power apart from god i use oils for fragrance for cleaning for disinfecting I mean, studies show that lavender does help people relax. There's nothing wrong with that. But if I said, oh, I need lavender to have peace. No, Jesus is what we need for peace. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you for those thorough explanations, Doreen. Um, your book, Deceived No More, tell us what that's about. Yeah, I wrote this book. Um, it was interesting. Harper Collins approached me and they said, we want you to write your testimony. I was still kind of early in my walk with Christ. So there's a few things I probably would change now, but basically um, on the other hand, I'm kind of forgetting what it was like to be a new ager. I'm five years saved now. So it was good. I wrote all that down. So deceive no more really goes into the mind of a new ager and the beliefs and the theology of new age, and then um, shows them compared to the Bible. Uh, why they are unbiblical and need to be marked and avoided. The one of the things of the book that I really like is that in the the back of the book I put a vocabulary list of New Age jargon for people oh. to watch out for, and uh, I need to extract that and put that on social media because people need to know New Age terms, mm -hmm. uh, which are gateways that could lead you into New Age thinking. Wow. Amen. And as we wrap up, is there anything else you would like to encourage the listeners with or warn them about? Or just, Yeah. No? Yeah. God used his word, the Bible to save me. And I just get really discouraged when I read surveys that show that a lot of Christians have never read the whole Bible. Mm -hmm. We have to study the Bible every day. It's our, it's our guardrails that keep us on the straight and narrow path. So I just want to encourage everybody, Bible before breakfast, word before world. Um, what I've been doing for the last five years is before I do anything else, just get up early if you need to keep your Bible on your nightstand and read one chapter or even just a section if that's all you have the time for. Read the Bible every day. Yeah. It's so essential for us to know our Bible and then equally important to compare everything to the Bible. Mm -hmm. Amen. I love to explain it, you know, like our our physical bodies need physical food. Imagine if, you know, our spirit man, Holy Spirit was not getting the word of God. That's how we should equate it. You know, Amen. That's how important it is, you know, to have our minds renewed and to learn about who God is, you know, right. But we do, we need God's word every day. And it's Amen. good to have a good, good a plan. Like you say, you know, whether it's a Bible reading plan, or you're going to read a chapter a day, just, and I love the word before the world. <laughs> yes amen. yes i love that i love that yeah. so amen that kind of gives you some more discipline well doreen if you will please share the gospel with our listeners and let them yeah. know they can um get in contact or connect with you okay thank you i just want to thank the lord 
so much. I want to thank our Father God, our Heavenly Father, for sending your Son Jesus into this world. Um, he suffered. He died because he was sinless. He was the unblemished Lamb of God. He he was the only righteous man who could be sacrificed for the sins that we all are guilty of. Romans 3.23, all of us deserve death and punishment for our sins, and Jesus took on our sins himself on that cross. We want to thank you, Father, so much for sending your Son to die in our place, to impute his righteousness to us, and we we want to just say we know that he physically died. He was fully God and fully man. And we know that you raised him three days later and he's sitting at your right-hand side and that he will return to judge us all mm -hmm. and that we all need to be in Christ, clothed with his righteousness for the judgment day. We pray that everyone who's listening, that who has ears to hear, we pray that their hearts are soft and teachable and they will hear this gospel, that will put it into their heart. And we pray that you will nurture the gospel in their heart, Father. We pray that it will land on, on good soil and will be nurtured and it will grow fruit for your kingdom. We thank you, Father, so much for, for, for saving us. Thank you for saving me out of the new age. I pray that many, many more are saved while there's still time. And, and anyone who's listening, if you need help coming out of the new age, I have free resources. You're welcome to write to me on Instagram. I'm the only one who reads and replies. So sometimes I'm slow, <laughs> but I do my best as long as people are nice. If someone is disagreeing with me, you're welcome to write me, but be nice. And, and you can go to Instagram, uh, my name, Doreen Virtue, or send me a message there and I, I'll get back to you as soon as I can. And I just want to pray for everyone who used to be my student, um, every, anyone who's in the new age. If you've got loved ones in the new age, the best thing you can do is pray for them and share the gospel with them. The, the gospel is the power of God into salvation. And how do you share the gospel with someone who's shut down? You do it at grace when you're eating a meal together. Just incorporate the gospel into grace so that they hear it. How beautiful are the feet of the messengers who bring the good news. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Doreen. You have been yeah. such a blessing. Aww. Oh my goodness. I love your heart. For love people, you. you know, it's just beautiful. And Christ radiates through you. So I just Thank bless you. the Lord for this Thank time. You. Thank you. I'm just so grateful to God that he saved me. And I just Amen. pray for everyone. Thank you so much, sister. God bless you and your ministry. It's my pleasure. Thank you to God be all the glory. And thank y'all so much for listening. Thank you for your time. And again, if you have decided to um, place your faith in Jesus and repent of your sins, you can reach out to Doreen or I, and we can get you plugged into a good Bible teaching church and celebrate with you. So until next time, grace and peace. I love you. Thank you.